1: From funding to finances, setup up to staffing, the CEO coach will break down the art of business development from the ground up by one of the experts of online business growth, management and development. Now, here to get you started is your CEO coach, Jillian Musick.
2: And welcome to CEO Coach on Webmaster Radio. This is Jillian Music, your CEO Coach. I'm uh, Jillian Music, co-founder and president at SEO Moz, and today I'm real excited to have Jen Matthews, who is the president of WAPow. We're going to do a bit of discussion about how WAPOW got started, about uh, the managing of events and conferences, the things to look out for if you're going to be an attendee or a speaker, uh, all kinds of good stuff around that process. And in the process of talking, I think maybe we'll get a little bit of CEO coaching in as well. Welcome, Jen. Tell me, your company's called WAPOW, and we can find it at WAPOW.com. Can you tell us a little bit about how you decided to start the new business?
3: Uh, that is a very good question. So I have been, um, my background is an SEO, and I have worked in-house uh, as an SEO for the past uh, about 10 years. And in the time that I've worked as an in-house SEO, I have ob- obviously attended a lot of conferences and not to stray ahead of technology. And I eventually uh, was asked to speak, not a great speaker, so I started serving on the board for the Search Insider Summit and working on other conferences. And, um, after doing that for probably about what, three or four years, I finally decided that I would like to do this full time and started the company.
2: Okay. So you actually worked for another search insider conference company and then decided to start your own. So did you see that there was a gap somewhere? We have a lot of conferences in the search marketing world, um, national and international, I keep popping up all over. Did you see a hole that needed to be filled?
3: Yeah, so the Search fighter Summits are run by media posts. And the thing that makes them unique, which is also kind of a huge influence for our events as well, and I'll give them credit for that for sure, um, is that they have them in remote destinations. They're very small events. Um, they're very heavy on networking. They're very, very easy to network because they are uh, a small attendant. Um, mm-hmm. The only difference between their event and ours is that we – encourage people to network it's a huge huge focus of our entire agenda and the event that we hold because we want we see the value in that people are networking um the search insider summits don't do that it just kind of happens naturally and so i kind of saw that and just grew it from there um another frustration For me, going to the larger events, the the search um, engine strategies, they are great. You can learn a lot from them. Um, SMSs, pub cons, those, they tend to have the same speakers and they tend to cover the same topics over and over again. So what we do that makes us unique is that we hold, um, is that we actually are a little more aggressive with our speakers. We pull people that aren't necessarily in the SEO industry. And we broaden it out a little bit more so that SEOs can really learn um, market research, usability, um, a lot of social media, you know, things like that. So it kind of pushes them a little bit more.
2: Got it. So that's a much uh, broader field. That makes good sense. And when okay. your attendees come, do they also come f- just from the search world then to broaden their scope? Or do you find yourself getting those folks from outside as well, from the general marketing world or from a social media world and so on, coming in to learn search? So
3: that was the original intent was obviously because I come from the search industry, there, it was supposed to be for search people. So, the search and social uh, in Hawaii, that one um, obviously is just for search people and it's very, you know, kind of influ- heavily influenced off the Search Insider Summit.
4: Um, right. So,
3: yes, we do get a, a strong SEO base and search marketing people. We are getting okay. a little more um, social media. But mm-hmm. um, the emerging media conference which is happening in a couple of weeks that one um, actually branches out more so we started finding more gaming and mobile and um, people kind of from that industry or those industries wanting to attend the conferences and so we could one that covers everybody
2: okay so I think gaming mobile international what else will be you be covering down at emerging media what are you seeing on the horizon
3: so that one is a it's obviously search marketing based because that's the core of yes. you know, the people that attend. So we have a day dedicated to that. Um, and then we have the social media people as well. And then gaming and the mobile. So that mm-hmm. um, it does broaden the, the audience for that reason. So that, that's why. So we have a day dedicated to each one.
2: Wow. Okay. So that'll be pretty exciting. Um, so tell the audience where that takes place in case anybody here wants to attend.
3: And that one is in San Francisco at the hotel Kabuki and it is January 24th to so 27th. Okay.
2: And how do they sign up or get a hold of it is that just wapow.com?
3: You can go to wapow.com and click on emerging media conference. It's on the home page. It's also up in the upper navigation or you can go to wapow.com/emerging-media. Okay. You right there.
2: Sounds good. Okay. So how many folks are you working with now? Um, there's yourself obviously and Uh, Do you have full time employees, part time, contracts, volunteering? How do you manage the conference itself?
3: We've got, actually, we have a lot of people helping us. As far as staff that are full time, it's just me and my assistant, Jason Jennings, who is also a stand up comedian on the side. That's fantastic. (laughs) So, where does he do stand up comedy? He, uh, right now, I think he goes to Laughs Comedy. Uh, occasionally, uh-huh. he he's sitting right next to me. He sits. Um, he actually does open mics quite often, and he did have his own headlining show. I don't know what the details on that is right now, though.
2: That's pretty cool. All right. So yeah, yeah. Um, so you, you and your assistant put all of this stuff together. When you get onto the ground, do you, I don't know, exchange tickets for somebody who will help? Do you find volunteers in that? Or do you end up essentially with contract labor? You'll manage it with a hotel or an event space or something, and they provide all the additional labor.
3: So was kind of half and half. Some of the stuff we do contract out. We'll actually hire a company to manage a certain aspect of things. So, some like a video recording um, mm-hmm. in Hawaii, we talked to a company to do the online streaming for us um, that are we're local to Hawaii. Um, there's people that will do that. Photographers. We've hired uh, Rudy Lopez to take do our photography for our events before. Um, he does a great I job. He just took to my photos, that. by the way. He, he is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> so, and he did he did all my profile pictures too. He's absolutely amazing.
2: Um, okay, he so here's make a make plug for Rudy right. Lopez, everybody. He's not here among yeah. us, but everybody seems to be using him. Um, Rudy Lopez. Uh, I guess it's Rudy at Rudy Lopez dot com. It's R U D Y L O P E Z. He just does great work. So okay, uh, yeah. let's let's move on though. Um, you do so you do some contract labor that way, and you. Mm-hmm work also with event companies when kind of on the site so that makes good sense um, and then mm-hmm. do you ever do things like you know trade for you know volunteerism and that kind of thing um, students or people who can't afford tickets or something like that
3: yeah so we've been approached and some of them I haven't used um, because I haven't had the need for it but we have been approached and I have used some of them um, but from companies or students that for hawaii for example we had a a group of students that wanted to do a documentary on the entire event um Mm -hmm. and they had donating they basically negotiated with their university to donate all the video equipment and they could have donated or done the whole thing um we didn't have the budget the exchange would have been that they could have had a pass and they could have you know we'd fly them to hawaii and put them up we didn't have the budget for it at the time but obviously in the future but if
2: they'd been um, local it would would have been more interesting Okay. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and then we've people got who, who have that kind of talent and so on who may be listening as well, that makes sense if you're looking to do that with conferences but perhaps it makes sense only if you're local. If the requirement is cash and tickets and other stuff, it probably isn't a good balance.
3: Yeah, you have to figure out what I mean, our attendance rate for Hawaii is low, so we don't have the budget for it. A larger conference like the Emerging Media Conference, it would make sense because we do have a larger attendance, we have a lot more sponsors, so we do have that budget to allow for, you know, doing things like that. So, yes, it
2: makes sense. That makes good sense. So, in general, I mean, without, you know, giving away all the secret sauce and stuff, but in general, in the field of conferences, about how much of the income comes from sponsorships of corporate stuff, um, and how much comes from ticket sales? Kind of a percentage thing. Is it kind of a 50-50? It
3: depends. Yeah, it it really depends on the event. So our two events are actually kind of split as far as the business model. Um, The small elite events like the Search and Social Hawaii rely heavily on attendance. Because we have such a small number of people, sponsors aren't willing to sponsor if there's only 100 to 200 people there. They want the big numbers. They're paying for advertising. So the more exposure they get, the more it makes sense, which from a business perspective does make sense. We do have to heavily rely on attendance for our, you know, income for those. The okay. conferences like uh, Emerging Media Conference, where it's in San Francisco, um, the costs are a little bit lower. It's easier to get to. Our overhead is a lot cheaper. Um, and we can hand out passes. We give them, We have free giveaways. We do press passes. We can do all sorts of things. And so we can bring up our numbers that way. Um, plus, we can lower the cost of attending. And when we tell sponsors that we can get 1,000 to 2,000 attendees or even more, they're more willing to sponsor. And so that cuts the cost of attendance, and we can, are able to hand out those passes where we can, and mm-hmm. sponsors in return get a larger number and a larger audience.
2: Makes good sense. So uh, a larger conference is more likely to have a heavier hand in sponsorship. That, that obviously makes good sense there. So let's move on though to things like press passes. You had touched on that for a moment. What are qualifications for press passes? Obviously you don't have to work for you know the New York Times but um, what would you consider you know yes a press pass and no? How do people know if they really qualify for that sort of thing? What size audience do you expect them to have?
3: We have actually a a form on the website. We were, um, before we had the form, people were just sitting our contact, you know, standard contact and asking if they could go. And we kind of, like, interview them and get a feel Mm -hmm. for them. If there's somebody. Right, but that's not scalable, right? It takes too much time. Yeah, and and it, it has to be worth it to us. You know, they have to give us that exposure. And somebody who has a blog with a few hundred viewers a day doesn't make sense to us to be, you know, checking okay. out that money so for
2: them. So a few attend. hundred viewers a day doesn't make sense. Where does it make sense? At what benchmark do you go, yep, now we have an interesting party. Now let's take a look at the quality of the audience or something. How do you get to question number two? What is an interesting group?
3: An interesting group would be somebody who's from a legitimate publication, uh, a media source or uh, any kind of newspaper or online publication.
2: Great. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break here, and when we got, uh, get back to the show, we're going to talk about things like the different types of events that you've been having. You've been talking a little bit about the differentiation between them and how you market those events. Um, this, again, is Jillian Nussiget, CEO coach, along with Jen Matthews, president of WAPOW.
1: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO coach right after this.
0: Public relations professionals understand the importance of branding. Invest in your next ad campaign with one of the premier branding innovators broadcasting on air and on demand to the internet business world, webmasterradio.fm. Let our team customize your branding to target public relations professionals that access our public relations channel every day. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for a consultation today. And best of all, you can make up to 75% commissions. Ready to become the next ClickBank success story? Sign up now for free at
4: ClickBank.com. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: We're back with Jelly and Music, the CEO coach, only on Webmaster And
2: we're back at CEO Coach. I'm talking to Jen Matthews, president of WAPOW. She's got a couple of conferences that we're talking about here. Uh, we've, we're talking about Emerging Media um, Conference, right? Is that right? Emerging Media Conference, not Emerging okay. Media Summit. Is that right, Jen? yes okay is. yeah okay um, and that's taking place at the end of January wanna
3: give us the dates again Jen it is January 24th through so January
2: 27th okay January 24 to 27 it's gonna be in San Francisco so we've been talking about uh, how you run a conference how you determine uh, who might get a press pass we've been talking about things like uh, how you determine um, whether to outsource something or to trade something and when it's worth it and when it isn't so on. Tell me a little bit now about promotion. Uh obviously on something like the Hawaii event it's very small you said and quite exclusive. So do you do that by personal invitation? Yes. Actually that's
3: how we started. I that one we started about a year out from the event um, so that we had plenty of, you know, months to, to really market it and get, generate awareness for the event, especially the first year. Uh, most events we can market it within. We can decide to have an event and three months later we can have a decent attendance
2: without any okay. problem. Um, so a lead so time so was as quick as three months.
3: Yes, if you have an event that you've been holding for a while or you are recognized for holding events, I would not recommend anyone try to do that if they have a brand new event that they're trying to get attendance. I would give them at least six months' lead time or a year is even better. And start your marketing a year out.
2: Okay. Okay. And then and when you start your marketing a year out, it's things like email campaigns and perhaps banner ads and certainly blog posts and mentions and a lot of social media. I get that. Um, at what point do you expect to start seeing response to it? Certainly you see buzz. But when do people generally sign up for a conference? So it's a
3: it's a – Process almost like you know you would see a sales process where you generate awareness, um, grab a lead, a salesperson talks to them, and then that person you know they qualified the lead and so on. So there's an actual entire process with this. The first step is to generate awareness about the event, get people talking about it. Don't expect to get any registrations that far out, but get mm-hmm. people talking about it as much as possible. Generate excitement. Um, have your agenda set and have your speaker set because those are the two things that people are going to look at the most having if okay. you don't have all your speakers set it's fine but if you can at least have you know eighty percent of your agenda and your speaker list ready to go um, six months from a year out then you're going to do a lot better
2: i suspect that also helps with speakers i know as a speaker it drives me crazy when um... i get last moment requests um... I don't know, just right now, for example, I'm going to be headed to India twice in two weeks because I didn't have enough lead time to know to just stay in India. Would have been so much smarter. But, you know, that's the way it goes. So, um, as a matter of fact, one of the reasons I'm coming home is to speak at Emerging Media, uh, and I'm pretty excited about that one. So, that's great. So, full disclosure here, folks who are listening, I actually will be at Emerging Media as well, which is one of the reasons I asked Jen to come on board here. Um, So, when you do your marketing... The first thing is kind of this AIDA funnel, awareness, and then you generate some interest. And at some point, you get to the desire, and then finally you get action. Um, can you tell us again, kind of without sharing all the secret sauce, generically, when do you kind of get most of your sign-ups? How does that curve go?
3: So the, it depends on the event. General average conferences and events, from what I've experienced and from what others have, have told me as I'm learning this process, uh is you'll see probably about a month or so out you'll start to see registrations happen um for maybe six weeks out you might hear you know or see one or two come through um but then as you get closer everybody waits until the last minute they'll book their ticket they'll book their hotel room they'll do all of that but they registration they kind of do I always did it, I fully admit, and mm-hmm. it's frustrating. So the last thing
2: you had trainer, to do was buy a ticket because you didn't worry about the tickets being all sold out. That's right. That's what you're saying, Well,
3: right? again, yeah, it depends you, on the event. So with with our Hawaii events, because we cap it out at 200, we tend to get, and because it's Hawaii, people do tend to register ahead of time. So as we're getting close to three weeks towards the event, we expect that we're not going to see any registrations.
2: That makes sense because you have to make such uh, long-term plans, if you will, for the airline tickets and so on, and it's a major uh, kind of a a decision-making process. You might as well get everything all at once. But I do understand, yeah, if you have a lot of local folks, yes, I'm going, but I'll wait to put it on my, you know, next month's cycle of the credit card or something, you know, the last-minute sign-up. I I understand how that might go. So you're saying you get maybe even a third of your sign-ups in the last couple of weeks.
3: Yes, yeah, so the general rule is about three or four weeks out, whatever number that you have at that point, double it or tr- sometimes triple it, depending on your event, how popular it is. But usually wow. double it to be on the safe side and figure that's the attendance that you're going to see. So the registrations that's really don't happen until the last week. The small workshops, that's for a big conference, the small workshops that we do, we don't see registrations until literally the day within the 24 hours before the workshop. So we don't even start marketing until three days before the workshop, just for that reason.
2: Okay. So on a workshop, you're saying it's a local event. It, I know there are some that happened here in Seattle. Uh, tell us a little okay. bit more about the difference between a workshop and a full conference and, and how you determine you know how to market those things.
3: So the workshops are usually a one-day or sometimes it'll be a two-day series. Um, we've extended them out to three days, but two days tend to do better because people can't take all that time off work. Um, mm-hmm. so now we have two full days. They can register for them separately. So the first day is beginner-intermediate classes, and then the second day is advanced classes. So if you're in advanced, you can just do advanced, or if you're a beginner, you can do the whole series and become advanced by the time you're done. Uh, and we, we hold all of those in Seattle. We've been asked to do other cities, but we need to perfect them here first. <laughs> Um, Okay. But, yeah, and so with those ones, as far as marketing is concerned, we hold those every two months so people know they're coming. If they can't make one, they can always register for a future one. Um, Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we really honestly just do not see registrations until – like I said, 24 hours before the event.
2: They just show up. Right. Um, So in
3: terms of productization for your deal,
2: now you've shared a great deal with, you know, listeners and that's great. um, So they can understand what the process is here, but let's talk a little bit about productizing on your end. Uh, I, are the workshops profitable events for your company, or is that something you would do more of? You were talking, for example, like being asked to do it in other cities, but that again requires all the marketing and so on. Have you considered doing it for private corporations?
3: We have, and we've actually been asked to. Right now what we do is because of the corporations that want us to do them are here in Seattle, so what I do is I just give them group rates to go to the workshops that are, we're already holding. Um, if okay. we do end up with, we have, we can fit 20 in our room. So we get up to 20 people. If we get a corporation that wants to have more than 20 people in the room, then obviously we would do it at their location, you know, and, and bring the speakers there. I don't do the workshops myself. We actually have, um, a, just like we would have our conference, we have a speaker for each topic that there's an expert in that field. So it's not one person trying to talk about everything that they may not know everything about. Um, So we have a paid search gal that covers paid search. We have um, an SEO person that does specifically SEO analytics. We have somebody who does analytics full-time for their company that does analytics and, and so on.
2: Okay. So when we come back, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk about community building and how that might help um, increase the number of attendees you have and possibly this productization for getting into private corporations of sufficient size so that you didn't even have to do the marketing, um, except, of course, to the B2B. And then once it's set up, they fill it all uh, for some kind of standard fees. Uh, This is Jillian Music at CEO Coach along with Jen Matthews at WAPOW.
1: Stay tuned. More on how to build your business on the web with the CEO Coach right after this.
0: What is this? Why is my website not ranking higher?
1: Well, sounds like you could use a link building report from SEOFox.com. What's that? sly like a fox
0: get your link building report today at seofox.com that's seofox.com
4: if you're looking for a new multifaceted seo and social media tool set look for the raven raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns social media campaigns with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar if you want to increase your internet marketing revenue look for the raven go to raventools.com that's raventools.com Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Or on
2: demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: We're back with Jelly and Musig, the CEO coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm.
2: And we're back with a final segment of CEO Coach with Jillian Music, And this is Jen Matthews at WAPOW. Welcome back, Jen.
3: Hi. Hey.
2: So we've been talking a little bit now about the cost structures, about when you expect people to sign up, about how you're using folks with uh, specialties to teach different sectors of uh, search marketing at your conferences and at your well speakers at your conferences of course and then the specialists who do the uh, local events which you call workshops or training events Um, and we talked a little bit about whether or not to do this for corporations What you're saying is some corporations are asking but they don't seem to have a large enough requirement so you're just giving them bulk rate tickets to come to the generic ones how does that work for you
3: so far, it's worked um, pretty good. We The most that people will come with, because of their team, It's we do SEO and social, or I shouldn't say SEO. We do search marketing. So we do paid SEO, and then we also cover social media marketing as well at our workshops. Um, mm-hmm. And we do throw in, like, a gaming topic or a mobile to kind of help people kind of branch out a little bit more. But that's pretty much the gist of it. Most corporations okay. just don't have their – some of them do have SEO teams or search marketing teams of maybe Mm -hmm. five at the max, even if they're a corporation that has, you know, thousands or hundreds of thousands of employees, they really just don't have a lot of people that that manage SEO or search marketing as a whole. And social media is so new that they'll usually task, um, in fact, I was talking to uh, Jennifer Lopez who wrote a blog post Mm -hmm. on SEO Moz about this, that they don't, social media people or companies don't hire a specific social media person it's very rare that they do if they do they have one person that manages everything um, most yes. of the time they'll task social media to somebody who's already in the company and it's usually a marketing manager or even a product manager or a um, I've seen brand manager we've had a brand manager come through that um, wanted to learn social media because her VP of marketing tasked her with social media and she doesn't even know how to even do marketing let alone Twitter and Facebook
2: Wow. Okay. So painful. So what, I think you're telling us now is the audience isn't there yet. The requirement isn't there yet. Um, companies, even major size companies don't have sufficient numbers of people to really ask you to come in and do this training on a regular basis. So that makes sense. That's something then, you know, for the future bucket, maybe, um, in terms of community building, how do you build a community around the brand of WAPOW? Um, as you know, SEO Moz built a very strong community. And when we ran our first seminar years ago, we're not really in the conference business. We don't get, uh, supporters and advertisers and all of that we do run a seminar for our pro members twice a year once in seattle and once in london and next year uh we'll be doing that i think in boston as well but the point is it's really just for our community how do you develop a community around your brand uh in order to Uh, make sure that every event is kind of full at the first rush. Uh, Certainly you may not see the actual sign-up as we talked about until the last couple of weeks, but you know in advance that you have a significant community who is going to follow you. So what are you doing at the moment for community building?
3: So when we started the company, it was all about brand awareness. But, you know, we started a year out before we had the event. We only, last year, we only had, we started in February of 2011 is when we okay. were official. So well, we 2010, because now out. it's 11. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, 2010.
3: Yes. Okay. Yes. So to give you a perspective on it. So when we first started, our first event was the Search and Social in Hawaii. Uh, Originally, I was going to plan on just maybe having a few people there, and it was going to be just my closest friends. And we were basically, it was going to be we'll be on vacation. We'll all kind of talk to each other. And then it grew from that to let's get attendees um, and so on. And so the first part of what we did was I have, because I served on the board for other conferences and because of my speaking for the past several years, I I grew up, my father's in real estate, so networking to me always came very naturally. My father grew his business based on networking, so that was a huge driver for everything I've always done, even though I've worked for other corporations. So when i go attend conferences, I would grab business cards, I always stayed in touch with people. Um, you know, do things for them. That's the pay it forward uh, model. So when mm-hmm. somebody, you know, asks you to do something, you're there for them so that when comes time that you need them, you ask them for help and they'll totally be there for you. And and I've just built these relationships throughout the years. And I finally cashed in everything <laughs> last year, mm-hmm. all the favors <laughs> I'd done for everyone, everything, asked me, you know, the help and, and so on. And here I was saying, okay, here's, I want to do an event. First of all, it was Hawaii, so they all wanted to go anyways, and that helped drive the excitement. And then when I talked about who all is going, what our agenda is going to be, the, how it's all going to work out, you know, that we get out at noon and we have activities in the afternoon and we're all going to network with one another, and I was pulling people um, that not necessarily were in the SEO group, but I was pulling people outside of that group that they were getting to know for the first time as well. And it, it proved to be very valuable. It became what I thought it would be. Um, but that's how I originally talked about it, it was just kind of putting out, feelers out there saying, I want to do this event, what do you think? Um, and I had, I think, what, about 100 or so people that I talked to originally. And of that 100, I think we ended up with 50 people attending Um, And about 20% of that were people that were attendees that weren't necessarily my friends. So um, that was the good, that was the base of it. The good, good base of it was just developing those relationships throughout the years.
2: That sounds pretty solid. So the pay-it-forward model is certainly something we use a lot of here at SEOmoz, uh, providing free service or, uh, if you will, gifts to others that make sense for them, being there when they need you, and then you can, of course, call it back in. So at this point, you have, I think, um, leveraged a fairly... Uh, senior level of SEOs who have been around a long time because you've been around in the industry a long time and now they're helping to grow the WAPOW stuff. So we've got um, the WAPOW conference coming up in San Francisco january 24 and 25 you can sign up at com, and uh, i think we're going to wrap up how do people reach you directly jen if they have questions about conferences in general if they want you to come train their people or have something in their city and so on so i know that you're not quite ready you said to have conferences or workshops in other cities but surely that'll be on your agenda in the future so how do they reach you we
3: actually We have a build-out for 2012 that we will start going global and going to other cities Um, So for this year, but we're sticking with the two. Um, Mm -hmm. If anyone has any questions, wants to attend a workshop or whatever, they can always reach me or my assistant can help them as well um, at events at WAPOW.com, and it's W-A-P-P-O-W.com.
2: Okay, wappow.com wcom Super deal. Thanks so much for sharing all the information about your stuff, and I think you'll probably get some inquiries about some more questions about WAPOW.com and maybe just conferences and workshops in general. This is Jillian Music, your CEO coach, signing off. You can pick up these broadcasts through iTunes or at webmasterradio.fm. Look for the logo for CEO Coach.